going on everybody it is jason jaybird goldstein and like i said we are running back to back episodes that's right i just dropped my afc preview special uh that link is on the bio on my instagram uh, i'm gonna tweet i'm gonna tweet both of those out after this episode ends so you'll see both of them uh but yeah so now where you're here we are gonna do my nfc preview special and I'm excited for it. A lot to talk about. There's definitely the Giants who they really, really, really excite me. I'm saving them for last. Uh, you know, saving, saving my team for last should probably be the longest that I'm talking about. Uh, now with the AFC, it's like NFC. It's like crazy. So like obviously, there's been this like trend for a number of years where there's at least five new playoff teams, uh, six new playoff teams in there. Uh, since they expanded the 14, there's been at least six new playoff teams the first two years. So I try to go with that and do at least three and three. Uh, obviously, in the AFC, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Jets are my new playoff teams. NFC was a lot harder to do it because of you know the lack of depth in there. I mean, it feels like the top eight teams in the AFC right now, uh, like excuse me, the top eight of the top eight teams in the NFC. Uh, six of them were playoff teams last year, like the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings, the uh, Niners, the Seahawks. Uh, like the only other teams I would maybe put in that, you know, who, who appear to be in the top eight are the Lions and I guess Saints. But like, as obviously top eight, so I definitely uh, I'm on some surprises here in my postseason. Uh, so first off. I guess we're going to dive into and do the NFC West, uh, starting with the 49ers. And man, are the 49ers just loaded at every single position, but quarterback, honestly. Like, this team, they have Devo Samuel, they have Brandon Ayuk, who are as good of a one-two punch at wide receiver as they get, as, as honestly any team can have. Then you have uh, Christian McCaffrey, who I think is due for a huge season. Obviously, he was like con- he was considered at one point to be the best non-quarterback in football. And him and having a whole offseason in Kyle Shanahan system, that's something to feel good about. George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in football, arguably number two behind Travis Kelsey. Uh, although, let's hope that Darren Waller takes that mantle this year. Uh, although, Kelsey... Might have to admit, I literally, literally after I recorded this, after I recorded the AFC and posted it, I saw news that Kelsey might be missing some time with a hyperextended knee. Uh, so we'll see what that's all about. Definitely uh, a little cause for concern if you are a Chiefs fan. But also, if you're a Chiefs fan, like I assume you just kind of expect greatness always and a next man up mentality that whoever, that whoever uh, steps up will be fine. Sorry, I was waiting. I'm still waiting for the upload to Instagram, my last episode, and it just was playing videos. Oh, speaking of one of those videos is actually now Coach Prime. How about that? First off, how about that Colorado one, which, which I didn't even talk about earlier? Just a sick, sick ep- win for Colorado. Uh, anyways, whatever. That's college football talk. Moving back on. Uh, Niners, they're loaded on defense. Nick Bosa. Uh, Hafunga, who was an underrated safety last year, listed in the top 100 players. And uh, just like Greenlaw, Warner, one of the best middle linebacking duos in the NFL right now. They are freaking loaded on that defense. Bosa is obviously the reigning defensive player of the year in the, in the NFL. Uh, looking right now, there, there's been some reports on them having contract issues. But you have to imagine that Joey or Nick Bosa will be back within the 49ers uniform because he and that defense is going to be dominant as long as he is there to make an impact. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, again, like people have their critics, critics of him. Oh, yeah, he abandoned Lance, and the whole Trey Lance situation was very weird, very odd. But at the end of the day, Trey Lance is just, just it really panned out. You wonder what the Niners, what would have happened with the Niners if they never made that trade for Lance, if they kept their draft picks, if they were able to get like a Fields or somebody, uh, if they took someone else, but who knows. Uh, the 49ers, again, like their ceiling is a Super Bowl. Uh, Kyle Shanahan as, as head coach in that defense and the pieces they have in that offense, uh, they are always in a Super Bowl contention. 
But you got to be careful with the quarterback position because Brock Purdy, although he was great last year, he was still the last pick in the draft. Is Purdy good enough to be that quarterback who leads you to a Super Bowl? You know, he had some apparently had some issues in training camp. He looked fine in the preseason games that I saw. But, you know, I didn't see training camp where he had those issues. Obviously, they felt good enough with him to trade and give up on Trey Lance and put Sam Darnold as number two. Like, hell, I mean, Darnold was decent last year for Carolina. Could he take over? I mean, again, the ceiling is super with how loaded they are at every other position. But, like, quarterback remains a question mark for them, which, ironically, like, having they have arguably, they probably have the best roster in football, but they have the biggest question mark coming at the most important position. Uh, I still have this team going 11-6 and six and winning the NFC West. Uh, definitely do have some questions about Purdy, though, but I'm just expecting greatness from Kyle Shanahan. All right, we are back. I had some issues with the Instagram, so I just had to quickly pause this episode, but we're back. Again, I have Niners winning the NFC West 11-6. and six. Moving on to the Seahawks. I mean, the big storyline for this team is going to be whether Geno can take that next step and continue to play an elite level like he did last year. I mean, he shattered expectations. And after last year, with the way Geno shattered expectations with their rookie class last year, uh, they have some very high expectations. I mean, last year, guys like Jordan Brooks, Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen, all guys who weren't day one picks, plus a day one pick in Charles Cross, were all fantastic last year for this team. Help on the offensive line, help in the secondary, help at running back, and help at linebacker. And what do they do at those positions? They added even more. They add Zach Charbonnet, who's gonna, who should be a compliment to Kenneth Walker on day two. They added Jackson Smith and Jigba, my number one wide receiver in the draft, a guy who I love. And that wide receiver trio of him, DK, and Lockett, they can form the best wide receiver trio in football. Plus, you still have Noah Fan at tight end. Uh, they get they are surrounding Geno Smith with talent. Uh, you know, the secondary, Devin Witherspoon, they drafted him in the first round. And uh, I'm look secondary. Now look, I'm not saying that. I'm not. Uh, hold on, sorry. Now I'm not saying that the Seattle secondary is gonna be those lob levels. But look, they they have a little lob they're forming. Obviously, Tariq Woolen was fantastic last year, uh, but Quandre Diggs he's been a very very good safety for this team for the last couple of seasons. And they have two other guys come back to that secondary. Devin Witherspoon, obviously, you know, we don't know how good he's going to be, but they drafted him fifth overall. He missed some of camp because of contract concerns and because of injury. But if he's healthy, if he's the guy that they expect to be at fifth overall, that they expect to be when they drafted him fifth overall, that's an elite cornerback duo. And Jamal Adams, who was one of the best safeties in the league. Obviously, he would miss most of last season with an injury. I believe he's starting the season on PUP while he works his way back. But if he comes back and he's the Jamal Adams of old, that's Seattle secondary. It could be a mini LOB, and they're going to have Bobby Wagner still in the middle, who was definitely one of the anchors of that elite defense. So like, there's a lot to be excited about with Seattle with this defense, with these draft picks, with these weapons on offense. There's a ton to like about them. And, like, I oh, I hate that I'm doing this with Seattle because I think they are honestly – I think they can win the NFC West. I really think they can. I think they're sneaky good. Uh I don't, I don't think Gino's going to regress even close to this former former form. Now, he can regress. If there, you know, if there's slight Gino regression where he maybe isn't throwing 30 touchdowns, but like 26, 27, still cutting back on the INTs, and that's fine. Like there, I just don't see where that Gino reverts back to the guy who's throwing like 15 touchdowns and 20 picks. Uh, like if he sort of goes back to his former form, there's going to be a lot of struggles in Seattle. If he takes if he takes a leap, if he does even better than he does last year, or even just like as good, uh, they can sneak out of the NFC. But also see how they have their letdown games sometimes, which plagues them in the past, where they play with their food, play down to their opponent's level, and that has costed them. This costed them some games that we've seen in the past. Uh, but I have just, I have a good feeling about the Seattle team winning games. I have them going ten and seven. Now, with the way it works out, I have them winning 10 games, but I still have them missing the playoffs due to losing the two teams. I also have two other teams going 10-7 and seven, and Seattle losing to both of them and losing the tiebreaker. And, man, like I hate picking against the Seattle team because I really think they're going to be sneaky good. I think they have a sneaky good chance to win the NFC. Uh, part of that is because like there's two teams, the two of the three favorites I can't pick in the right mind. Uh, Seattle, though, like again, I had, to, I had to take three teams out of the postseason. Obviously, I took the South winner, the North winner, and if I, I was going to have to take one of those wild cards. 
the, the Cowboys are too good. Not picking against my Giants, Seattle. This could be this. This is literally a pick where it's like, okay, if I'm taking the Vikings and the Bucks to miss the playoffs. I guess that's a little spoiler. And I need to find a third team. It had to be Seattle, but I'm not feeling great about it. Uh, moving on now to the Rams. So they're having a rebuilding year. The first time in a while. Like, it's weird because they still have some guys like obviously Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, one of the best QB wide receiver combos in football. Although Cup, after coming off an ACL injury, now is having a hamstring injury. Is he still the same guy? Uh, they have Aaron Donald, who's still, you know, he still might be the most impactful defender in football. I think people are slowly starting to sleep on him because the Rams were bad last year, but, like, he usually come back, win Defensive Player of the Year, and win some games for this Rams because he's that good. McVay's a great coach. I don't know, for, for what they have, they have Stafford and Cup, that duo, even if Cup is healthy. They have McVay, who's been a great coach for this team. And they have Aaron Donald, just again, one of the biggest game changers, if not the biggest game changer, on defense. But they have the youngest roster, or one of the youngest rosters in football, I think right behind the Packers. Uh, very young, Most rookies, very young and very inexperienced in many positions. Like, I'm looking at their depth chart, and they just don't have that good of a depth chart, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, they have the veterans there, but outside the veterans, the depth chart is awful. Like, they don't really have much direction right now. They may have to lose some games. And build that roster back up. Like, don't don't trade all your picks away, Rams. Now they need the draft picks. Uh, I mean, like, they have picks now, but if they trade them away, like, they'll just ruin their future even more, and they're not in a position where they're just a trade or two away. Like, it looks like we're entering Rams' rebuild territory. Now, I don't think they're going to be bad enough where they're picking top overall, but how fun would that be? Just a hypothetical. Actually, well, I guess I'd rather keep them in the AFC. But if Caleb Williams playing in L.A., that'd be pretty cool. But the Rams are not going to be the worst team in the AFC and the NFC, and, the, and they're not going to get Caleb Williams because the worst team in the NFL plays in their division, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they stink. They stink. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon, that was a... I, I actually don't... You know, Gannon, he's been getting clowned on for that hire. Some of these videos of him are weird. Uh, and look, I actually don't think Gannon was the worst hire in the world. Uh, but this team, they stink at all. They're, they looks like they're clearly tanking. I mean, right now, the QB's going to be... Josh, Josh Dobbs, ugly ass, or Clayton Toon, a fifth-round rookie. They don't even know who's going to be the starter. And, and they, they really might name Dobbs the starter. Josh Dobbs, who stinks after coming in just two weeks ago. P- pretty embarrassing. Like, maybe Kyler comes back. There's been reports that he might come back. They named him captain. Uh, but he might just miss the season. Like, who knows? Are they going to want to rush him back, risk re-injury? Uh, who knows? Like, they're, they're, yeah, they ha- yeah, I guess whoever's QB is going to have like, they're really the only guys they have left on the scene that are impact players. James Conner, Hollywood Brown, and face it, not that those guys are game changers. Hollywood Brown is boomer bust. James Conner, solid back, but he's getting up there in age. And Buda Baker, who might be on his way out, although it seems like they want to keep him around for a better part of the rebuild. Uh, you know, I thought maybe before they were, did a complete tank and traded away Isaiah Simmons, traded away, uh, then they traded away one of their linemen traded away, or cut, cut, cut McCoy. I thought maybe Gannon could have been, you know, get, get this team gritty and scrappy for three, four, five wins. There's no shot now. Like, they're bad They're bad on defense. They're bad at offensive line. They're horrible at QB. They don't really have, they have de- okay wide receivers. That could be worse. Uh, but, like, man, like, I just have them going, t- they're, they're going to be, they're 2-15, and 15, and honestly, giving them two wins is very generous. There's a legitimate chance this Cardinals team goes winless. Uh, moving on to the NFC South, so the Saints, they're going all in. Uh, they get Derek Carr, who's really the only proven quarterback in the division. Um, the NFC South is up there for the weakest division of football. They had a weird season last year, like Dalton and Jameis kind of did enough, but they were not very good. They are the NFC South favorites. Like They bring in Derek Carr, a quarterback who's played at a high level. Uh, they had Jake, uh, Josh, excuse me, John Gruden coming in the offseason to do some work with Carr in. Look, I mean, for all you want to say about John Gruden, Derek Carr did have his best season playing in uh, John Gruden's system. Uh, he does have a number one receiver, although it might not be Devontae Adams. Like, Chris Olave was very good last year and I think could emerge as that uh, as, as a legit number one and become one of the a top ten wide receiver in the NFL this year. Uh, you know, Kamara already looked to be on the downswing. Now he has that three-game suspension. I mean, Jamal Williams is a good addition to the backfield. The two of them should complement each other. I especially think this team might be run heavy. No, this defense has some guys on it. 
with Dennis, you know, led by Dennis Allen, who who has always been a great defensive coordinator, especially since taking over as New Orleans DC. I mean, there's Marshawn Lattimore, there's Tyron Matthew, there's Cam Jordan. They drafted Brian Brisey, a guy who was a beast at Clemson, a guy who was an incredible story, a guy who was the number one overall recruit coming out. Still a very talented guy. Uh, you know, Demario Davis still there. It's they are the oldest team in the NFL. I saw actually saw that stat today. There's a, there's a lot of veteran experience on that defense, a veteran defensive head coach. But, you know, it's not going to be a cakewalk for them. I don't trust Dennis Allen as a head coach necessarily. He wasn't the best head coach in Oakland. Uh, wasn't great last year when they were the favorite to win, when they had a chance to win games and win that division. The Saints just seem like, I don't know, I feel like they're almost primed for disappointment. And I actually have them going 7-10. and 10. Uh, So moving on now to Carolina, like, they they had the worst they had the first pick obviously but they weren't the worst team like if you know football you know that because they traded up for the first pick and there's really and there's a lot to be excited about like Bryce Young I think he's the real deal uh he's that he's a great offensive mind to work with and Frank Reich while Frank Reich is maybe the best head coach I think he's still a good offensive mind uh there's some you know there's good skill positions around him Miles Sanders and Chubba Hubbard a, a decent running back duo uh wide receiving core there's you know young guys Terrace Marshall. There's Jonathan Mingo, who people are very high on, could form that rookie-rookie connection that we see a lot of QBs form. Uh, DJ Chark, I think, although he might miss some time. Adam Thielen, just guys who are guys who know how to get open are reliable pass catchers, have reliable hands. Uh, Hayden Hurst, LaVisca Chenault, who, okay, whatever, those guys are decent. But it's, you know, weapons to spread the ball around. Uh, and now, look, the offensive line, like, it was, look, they had some names on it. It was a decent line last year. It struggled coming into camp, I struggled in preseason in games with, against the Jets and the Giants. But this is a team that they won six games a year ago with a revolving door QB, led by a very strong defense, and they added some due to that defense, let me tell you. Like, there were some big names. Like, first off, they had Matt Rule last year as head coach, who was a moron. And then once he left, uh, the interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, he won some games. So Brian Burns, he's one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Now, there's some, like, murkiness with that contract, I know. Uh, but I still really, really like Brian Burns. I think he's, if when he comes and signs, he's going to be an impactful player in that defensive player of the year conversation. They have Derek Brown, a guy who's gotten better year in and year out, a former first round pick. Uh, really strong secondary. I mean, rookie, I mean, JC Horn was really good last year until he got injured. Uh, they have some strong safeties. You know, Jeremy Chin is so much of a guy who does it all in the secondary. Was strong for them last year. Xavier Woods, and they added Von Bell. So they're very strong on the back end. Shaq Thompson has been a veteran on this team for a while, one of the leaders of that defense. And guess who their defensive coordinator is? Hiro Evero, the defensive coordinator on Denver, who was one of the better DCs last year. Uh, it was one of the better defensive coordinators last year. Got some head coaching interviews also because of how good he was for that Denver defense. Uh... Look, they had questions at QB. Now they have what I believe is a very good quarterback. They have a strong defense. They have decent weapons around Bryce Young. People don't expect much from this Carolina team, but because of this defense, because of Bryce Young, I think they're going to be a sneaky contender, and I have them going 9-8 and eight and winning the NFC South. Yeah. Uh, sticking in that NFC South, you know, there's another team that's getting more hype than Carolina, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. And, like, there's a lot of hype for the Falcons. Again, their last three first-round picks have all been spent on skill positions. Bijan Robinson this year, Drake London, who had a strong rookie season last year, and Kyle Pitts. It was an offensive line that was pretty decent last season. I mean, they allowed Tyler Allegier to run for 1,000 yards. I mean, Jake Matthews is the veteran on that offensive line. Chris Lindstrom was one of the highest-rated guards on PFF last year. They just signed him an extension. And it was a pretty highly-rated offensive line last year. Uh... So look, I mean, if Tyler Allegier, Alligator can run for a thousand yards. Imagine what Bijan Robinson can do because they're going to be very, very run heavy, and like Bijan's going to be an explosive, exciting player for this team. I mean, they have some opt- optimism on defense. They got guys like Jesse Bates, Calais Campbell, uh, Jeff Okuda, although he's had a rocky start this career at cornerback. Are ready to go with AJ Terrell, who has become one of the NFL's elite cornerbacks. Was just was a Pro Bowl snub a couple years ago. It was actually one of the NFL's best cornerbacks two years ago. Uh, the question remains, though, like, can Desmond Ritter be the guy? You know, people seem to like the talent around him, although, you know, Pitts and London are good players, but Arthur Smith didn't drop it enough to get those guys the ball nearly enough last year. They don't really have anything at receiver outside those guys. One of those guys missed his time. All of a sudden, Ritter doesn't have anyone to throw to. And I don't really like him. 
Now, if he's a game manager, they can win some games. Like, maybe he throws, like, 19 touchdowns, 9 picks, like, something simple like that. But the problem is, I just don't think that, like, I think Atlanta's being the, I think Atlanta's the most, one of the most overhyped teams coming into this season. I'm not high on Desmond Ritter at all. I think he's really going to hold this offense back. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the Titans are struggling. They trade for Ryan Tannehill middle of the season, who excelled in Arthur Smith's system. I can definitely see that happening. I think a lot of the guys on defense, like that they added Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, or in, or guys who you know older guys, guys with injury history. So I, I have the Falcons going nine and twelve. I think they're definitely getting a little too much hype. And yeah, like they sucks for them because they'll be in position though to add an elite quarterback at the top of next year's draft and could be very good next year. I think people are a year too early on them. Uh, now wrapping up with the Buccaneers. They're just simply not a good team at all. There was the Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask quarterback battle, which was really Baker Mayfield's the entire time. Baker apparently didn't have a good camp. Uh, look, they have some guys like Baker Stones, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin to throw with. Throw to, but look, he had Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham to throw to, and didn't do very well with that duo either. Uh, you know, Russell Gage is still a name at wide receiver, tight end. They still have, I think they still have Cameron Bray. I mean, he might be retired or something by now, but he's somewhat been Mister Reliable. Devin White, Levante David. Look, they have names, but they just they just don't really have depth. Their offensive line sucks. Their offensive line is gonna get Baker killed. They're not gonna be able to run the ball in that offensive line much that they weren't able to last year. Secondary, I guess Winfield Jr. is pretty good, but definitely they don't have the you know they don't have the cornerbacks they do when they win the Super Bowl. They don't really have the edge presence. Their first round pick, Kalen Clancy, is scheduled to miss some games. Feels like they're honestly tanking the Bucks, especially because I don't think Todd Bowles is a good head coach at all. Like arguably one of the worst head coaches in football. I have them going four and thirteen, and yeah, simple as that. They'll be in the, they'll be in the race for Caleb. Like I legitimately thought the race for Caleb would be them, the Cardinals, and the Rams until. The Cardinals just made it that blatantly obvious. NFC North now. Now the Vikings, they were not an eight last excuse me, they were thirteen and four last season, so I guess I spoiled my record. And they were really good under Kevin O'Connell. I mean Kev, Kirk Cousins was great, but everyone knew they were frauds because of that defense. Uh and uh like that defense ended up screwing them in the first round against the New York football giants. Like the Vikings, easily one of the most popular picks to miss the playoffs of all the teams that made it last year. Big reason was, you know, everyone, you know, they won all these one-score games. They're due to regress that season. Everyone still thinks Kirk Cousins is a fraud. Uh, the defense was bad last season. I mean, look, it is a dangerous position to be in when you are a team that won 13 games a year ago and have everyone doubting you. Uh, look, the weapons are there. Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hollington has a full year in the system. They added Jordan Addison, and now Alexander Madison is taking over as that number one back. The offensive line is really, really good, one of the most underrated in football. Uh, I think for the Vikings, they still do have a difficult schedule. They're playing a first-place schedule. I don't think that – I think that defense is still a lot of pieces away, especially in the secondary, where they're not going to be able to compete with the top teams. And I think Kirk Cousins, I think last year was his peak season – I think that he's kind of just you know going to be the same Kirk Cousins that we know, who puts up good numbers, but then also falls short in prime time. And we know the Vikings are going to be playing against a lot more prime time, a lot more good teams this season. Uh, and like the defense, like I said, I like Brian Flores a lot as a hire. Uh, he's a good rep as a DC. He's a good rep for just getting defenses to perform. Uh, the offense can be top fifteen, and the offense is as good as it was last year. They're dangerous. I mean, Kirk has to build off last year. He has to have, you know, conti- like similar to what Matt Ryan and Carson Palmer had, like that mid-30s resurgence where he plays at a super high level. Um, you know, guides his team to wins, you know, especially if he's as clutch as he was last year. Defense is going to be better, but like Hurts, Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, Justin Fields with that and that Bears offense that people have expectations for, the Lions, expectation that, the Lions offense that people have expectations for. Tough schedule for the Vikings. I still have them going 9-8 and eight and being a very competitive team this season. But I just think that I think the schedule combined with the defense combined with Kirk having some of these Kirk Cousins stinkers are going to hold this team back. Now the Detroit Lions, like this is maybe the highest expectation that the Lions have had in my lifetime. You know, like maybe 2011, that team that had Stafford, Calvin, and Sue. But people have, and then Lions fans are talking NFC. And look, here's the thing though: when the Lions have high expectations, they always seem to falter. 
Now, look, there's definitely reason for optimism. They were 7-2 and two to end last season, their last nine games. They nearly made the playoffs, and they have a lot of young, talented guys on this team uh, that are, you know, like people are thinking, expect, ready to take that next step. I mean, Jared Goff last season, even just, he did his best year since 2018 with 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Now he's year two in Ben Johnson's system. Uh, the question is, you know, the Lions, the weakest thing last year was defense. But they added a lot of guys on the defensive end, especially in the secondary, really trying to make up for what was just an awful passing defense last year. Adding Cam Sutton, adding Emmanuel Mosley, adding C.J. Garner-Johnson, drafting Brian Branch. Like, there's a lot of new guys on this defense, and like, there's, there's reason to believe this defense can be very good. Now, there's also reason to be concerned because there are guys on this defense that are very young. I mean, all these guys will still be learning a new system. Emmanuel Mosley missed some of camp. Uh, C.J. Gunner-Johnson missed some at camp, although he's a very, very good player. Branch is still a rookie. Jack Campbell's still a rookie. And we can still see, we know, some mistakes. Now, James Houston was a very good edge rusher last year. Steel they got in the draft. Some of the opposite of Aiden Hutchinson. But, you know, is he was James Houston the real deal? Is there reg- regression coming from James Houston? It's very possible. Uh, but Aiden Hutchinson, like, I think he's going to take another step in uh, being one of the elite edge rushers in the NFL because I was super high on him last year. He was a guy who almost any other season could win Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's just the fact that Aiden Hutchinson was just that dude last year. Um, excuse me, the fact that Sauce Gardner was just that dude last year. Uh, oh, don't, make, don't also other guys mentioned in this secondary, Kirby Joseph, who made life a nightmare for Aaron Rodgers last year, and was another underrated draft pick. So there's a lot of a lot of young talent like in Detroit. Uh, and that was on the defensive end. So like for them, it's these guys. There's talent there. It's just a matter of if these young guys can live up to that expectation. Because, uh, man, I mean, especially everyone hates the Jack Campbell pick, but I love, 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 love Jack Campbell and think he's going to be so good for this defense. Uh and again, like him, Aiden Hutchinson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, there's so much to like about this team. Offense, they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker are a great tackle duo. Uh, Frank Rado, an unreal center. Uh, Jonah Jackson and uh, Glasnow, both really good guards. So much to like from this Lions team. Now, the offense, you know, the, the, also another question on the offense. Another year in Ben Johnson's system, how good does Goff do there? Does he take the next step? Does he have similar numbers as last year? I mean, similar numbers as last year, really damn good. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, does he take the step to be a top five wide receiver because he was great last year? I'm very high on him. I met him a couple weeks ago. Very nice guy. I think he's going to explode this season. Uh, they added some talent around him. Sam Laporta, uh, those Iowa tight ends, they just breed tight ends. Like Sam Laporta can come in and make an impact right away. Uh, I mean, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, Running, rookie running backs can come in and make instant impacts right away also, especially in the first round. It seems that they're going to like to use him a lot. He's explosive with his hands. He can make a lot of guys miss. I'm excited to see what Jameer Gibbs does for this team. And there's so much weapons. There's so much talent on this Lions team. It just feels like they're, don't be wrong, it feels like they're a little overhyped. And it feels like they could definitely be the team that gets all this hype in the offseason then comes crashing down. But you know what, like, I, I love the guys on this team, and I have to put the Lions in the postseason. So I have them going 10-7 and seven and making the postseason. You notice I say making the postseason, though. I don't say winning the division uh, because many people think that this next team, the Green Bay Packers, a rebuild is coming. Uh, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Like, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Devontae Adams, well, he's been gone. Uh, no Cobb, no Lazard. This is a new team. They have a pretty young wide receiver trio. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jalen Reed, the rookie out of Michigan State. Now, I think Christian Watson is due for a breakout year. He was so good to end last season. I think he's going to build off that. Uh, the big question is, like, Jordan Love. Now, I'm not super high on Love. Like, I don't think it's going to be one of those far of the Rodgers. It's going to be similar Rodgers to Love. But I think Rodgers, I think he's going to, I think, excuse me, I think Love is going to be a solid quarterback for them. I think for them, he really just has to be a game manager role, limit the turnovers. He has talent around him. I like that young receiving trio a lot, to be honest. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, a young quarterback having that in the running game is really going to be helpful for him. He plays behind one of the best offensive lines in football, which is always good for a young QB. So the Packers have put him in a pretty decent situation. And I honestly, they they spent a lot of capital in that defense. 
I like that defense a lot, and I think the Packers, like, I think they could suppress people. Again, I don't even think Jordan Love could be is going to be like an utterworldly guy. But I think the Packers are going to come along and surprise people themselves. Love doesn't have to be 30 touchdowns. The NFC is, is not that strong as the AFC is. The NFC North is a very winnable division. They're my sleeper team right now. Again, like their O line strong. That running back duo is a, the running back tandem is very good. Uh, they're gonna have running lanes. I'm very, very high on Christian Watson this year and think he's gonna absolutely break out. Uh, again, limit the turnovers. Throw like you know maybe like a little over 20 touchdowns. Uh, do game manager stuff and with an easier with an easy schedule, the Packers. They don't. They have a third place schedule and already a weak NFC. I have them being my sleeper team, going 10 and seven and winning the NFC North. And then the Bears. So whoever you ask, like whoever you ask, them tell you two different things on the Bears. Some say, oh, Fields, he's just a running back. They're gonna say he's five and 17 overall. He stinks. He'll be out of the league in two years. Others will say he's on the verge of breaking out. He's this year's Jalen Hurts. He has DJ Moore to be his uh, to be his AJ Brown. He has all this talent around him. He's gonna be so good this year. It seems like there's no in between fields. It's either like he's gonna break out and be super good this year, or he's gonna stink. Like he's still a young QB, he's still growing. Like I honestly think I feel, I'm honestly, I'm on the camp that Fields is gonna be better. I don't think he's gonna be this year's Jalen Hurts. He's gonna explode onto this. Like I think he's gonna have a good season, and the Bears are gonna be better. Now, obviously, like I want Fields to succeed. I love Justin Fields. He was my quarterback in college when I was at Ohio State, and some of it might be biased, but like there definitely is something. Apparently, he's been looking really good in camp. Now, camp is camp. Now, the offensive line is still the offensive line. It's still a lot of issues. But they have talent around him. And this time with Fields, no excuses, man. Like, you had some excuses last year. You played better down the stretch. But it's boomer bust time, Fields. Like, I believe in you. But it's time to prove that you are the guy for the Bears. Look, like, like obviously the reasons to not believe him. I, I see both sides. Of, I really do see both sides. Look, I see the good, the good in him. He's a freak athlete. And he makes so many plays with his legs. He has all the physical tools. He has a great arm. He can throw the ball deep. Uh, a lot of the time he got screwed over by wide receivers dropping balls. He has much better core around him. Again, he has a number one in DJ Moore, who's gotten great reviews out of camp. Darno Mooney and Charles Clay and Chase Claypool are there. And then you have, uh, uh, you know, Claypool obviously was bad last year, but maybe a full offseason in their system, a full offseason at work with Fields, he does better. Uh, Darnell Mooney, a decent number three receiver. Like you could do a lot worse than him at number three. Cole Komet, who started to play a lot better down the stretch last year. A uh, strong, you know, Roshan Johnson, uh, Deontay Foreman, and Khalil Herbert, all in that running back room. That's a lot of rotation. Which, you know, the running back rotation worked well for the Ravens when they had a run-heavy quarterback. Uh, but obviously, like we've seen him field immensely, at t- struggle immensely at times. He makes questionable decisions. He hasn't shown an ability to win a game with his arm when he needs to. He hasn't shown an ability to win when the running game isn't there. Like, there's definitely some. I think we will see some of that bad fields this year, but a lot of good. I don't think he's gonna be an. I don't think he's gonna play like at a high, super elite level where he's like, oh my god, fields, 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 that. But I think he'll be have a season where he's exciting enough where he's knocking on the door of top ten and setting himself setting himself up for a strong year next year. Again, like the offensive line's improved, still has plenty of holes. Uh, but the defense, like, I have this team going 7-10. and 10. Like, some people think that they can go from first to, or worst to the playoffs. Uh, they were 2-15 and 15 last year. And, like, even though, look, I said Fields was Fields was bad last year at times. And I pulled this 5-19 and 19 record. Last year, the Bears' offense was pretty good. It was the defense holding them back. They were consistently, like, they, they were scoring 30 points some games and still losing because the defense was bad. And the defense still has plenty of holes. Uh, I know there's some young guys that they like. They've, they've loaded up on cornerbacks and, and safeties in recent drafts. Uh, they added, you know, a couple guys on the defensive line. I don't remember exactly who they all got in the offseason. But, like, there's definitely, there's some excitement for this Bears team. I still think the offensive line and the defense are not are still works in progress. I think Fields is still a work in progress, and for that, I have them going seven and ten. But hey, man, like they could surprise people. They could make the playoffs. I think I'm just going. Bet- I'm going in between. I'm I'm the in between route of that they're going to be. I'm in, I'm in. Like I said, I'm in between the where Fields is going to be this year's hurts. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I see why some people are saying that. 
But I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm definitely not saying, oh, Fields is going to stink. They're going to win three, four games, and they'll be the new QB. If the Bears' doubters are right, if, every, if all the Bears' critics, if everyone who criticizes Fields, it's, if everybody who criticizes Fields is right about him, Bears might be needing a new QB in the offseason. I don't think that they're going to be right about him. And again, 7 and 10, so somewhere in between. Uh, that's it for the <coughs> that's it for the NFC North. Then moving on to the division, and we're saving my team for last, obviously. But we're starting the NFC East. Now the Commanders, like it's a new it's a new day in Washington. Out is the stench of Dan Snyder. They bring in Josh Harris, who's the new owner, who brings a lot of excitement to the team. And they have Sam Howell at quarterback, the Sam Howell era, and like. People are kind of excited about Sam Howell. I'll give him credit. He's looked good in camp. He's looked good in the preseason. Uh, look, they were 8-8-1 eight, eight and one last year with very shaky quarterback play, so there's definitely reason for excitement. Uh, they still have really, probably the best front four in football, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, uh, Chase Young if he's healthy this year, and Montez Sweat. Uh, you know, Cam Curl on the back end is a good safety. They added a lot more, and not just a lot, not just Cam Curl, but they added Jatavius Martin, Emmanuel Forbes, and Sidney Brown in the draft to for, for, further bolster that secondary. So Washington, they can definitely surprise people this year, especially with the receivers they have around Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin, Josh Dotson, Curtis Samuel. I'll tell you what, like the NFC East is, pro- is probably the NFC's best division, and the Commanders, like everyone expects them to finish last, but they have sneaky talent there. Um, now this isn't me saying that like they're gonna you know win the division, but like man that sec- that team has young talent. The secondary is like I said is good. The front four is really good. They have a pretty good wide receiver trio. Trio Brian Robinson, uh, Antonio Gibson, really good running back duo. It's a question: Can Sam Howell be the guy? Like I'm sure we're gonna see games from Sam Howell where he's like, okay, yeah. This guy can be a franchise QB, a guy who is going to show enough where he could. I, I think Sam Howell can definitely show enough where he's going to earn the starting job in 2024 because I don't think the commanders are going to be bad enough where they're picking high enough for a Drake May, for a Caleb Williams, for a potential QB3, depending on who QB3 ends up being in this draft. Uh, the offense, they hired Eric Bieniemy also, who wanted to get out of Andy Reid's shadow and Pat Mahomes' shadow. Uh, very curious to see what this commander's team does. Now, look, I've talked all this hype about them, about the weapons they have, about the defense they have, and here I have them going 6-11. and 11. Uh, Again, just, I think they have a tough schedule. I think for them, just with all the transition, there's a lot of noise, a lot of attention going on. They play in a tough division. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to be in every single game this year. They're going to win a game against a lot of bad teams not in their division, and like, who knows? I mean, the Commanders could surprise people this year, but right now I have them missing out and going 6-11. Now moving on to the Cowboys, they get rid of Kellen Moore and they bring in Brian Schottenheimer. And the Cowboys, they once again have Super Bowl expectations, even though, face it, it's been 27 years since they went to the NFC title game. And although, you know, Kellen Moore was highly regarded as an offensive coordinator, uh, they got rid of him, you know, he had to be the scapegoat, and they bring Brian Schottenheimer. And to be honest, Brian Schottenheimer might be a better offensive coordinator the way Dallas is built. There's going to be less downfield shots and more checkdowns, which should limit the turnovers. You know, there's going to be running more. But, you know, Sean Hammer's going to be running, Sean Hammer is going to be running the ball more. And that was a successful, successful recipe for the Cowboys last season. The offensive line is strong, which it feels like it's been strong forever. Tony Pollard, if he's fully recovered from last year's injury, should have another very strong year the way he did last year, especially given the better focus on the running game. And Dallas has some weapons. Last year was just C.D. Lamb doing it all. You know, Michael Gallup, he says he's healthier. They added Brandon Cooks, which forms a pretty good wide receiver trio, which should help Dak Prescott again with not having the force pass of the C.D. Lamb and taking all, all these deep shots where he's turning the ball over. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, I'm very high on him, and I think he's going to be an absolute stud and, you know, very underrated guy. It's one of the steals of this draft. Defense is loaded. Micah Parsons, Kyle Van, or Leighton Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs, even though he gets burnt sometimes, is now opposite Stephon, Stephon Gilmore. Dallas, man, like, I hate to say it, they're loaded. They're going to be a problem again in the NFC East this year. Now, it's Dallas, so we know they're not going to win the NFC, but, like, they're going to be very good this year. Like, I don't think they're going to take a step back. Uh, I like, they're good. I, have an for that. I wasn't talking to you, Siri. Uh, anyways, again, like, I see what, again, I see, like, again, if, if I had the Cowboys roster and any other team had this Cowboys roster, 
I might be picking them to win the NFC. But I still don't love Mike McCarthy. I think he finds ways to lose games in the playoffs. The Cowboys have had a history of choking. Dak Prescott has not proved he can win playoff games. Uh, they get in their own way. And again, I hate Dallas, so I'm never going to pick them to win the NFC, obviously. But I uh, like, you know, they're going to be good this year. And the NFC East, just remember, no one has won the NFC East in, just remember that no one has won the NFC East in two straight years. And, you know, the Eagles, obviously, like, the Eagles could be the ones to break that streak. Like, everyone knows I despise the Eagles. Like, I'm very, I don't like Jalen Hurts. I was anti-Jalen Hurts last year, not buying into the hype. Uh, and I said it was, you know, when uh, the Eagles couldn't pay everyone, that it would fall apart. But sadly, like, the Eagles, they just have the best GM in football in Howie Roseman, who somehow manages to make this year's team even better than last year's team. I mean, getting Jalen Carter in the draft, the best player in the draft at nine, getting Nolan Smith at edge, are you kidding me? They just load up at positions that they already dominated at last season. There were rumors that they would lose Bradbury, they would lose Darius Slay in the offseason. Both those guys are back, and as you know, that's one of the, if not the best cornerback duo in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is still behind the best offensive line in football. He still has two very good wide receivers. He still has a very elite tight end. Like, are you kidding me, man? And it's also just frustrating for me because the Eagles, you know, the Giants, as the Giants finally have what looks like to be the best days they've had in years. Of course, the Eagles have one of the best teams, if not the best overall roster in the NFL and look very loaded. Like, they're so damn good. Oh, don't even forget, they had a Keely Ringo. Don't forget him in the fourth round. Just another Georgia Bulldog. All these guys who've come, who run a championship defense in college, who a defense that many consider to be the greatest college defense of all time, are reunited in the NFL. Like, like you, you can't make this stuff up, man. It's just, it's unfortunate for my Giants that we look to finally be building something. And what's happening? Of course, the Eagles are just, like, one of the best teams in the NFC. Again, they're loaded again. The NFC East, again, I mentioned the NFC East has not had a repeat winner in 19 years. Uh, it's tough. I was very close to actually just, you know, when I initially wrote this outline, I said it's going to happen again. Hurts is not, you know, the only way it happens is if Hurts is a net negative. Uh, but, like, I actually have both Dallas and Philly going 12-5. and five, And that streak of NFC East teams, uh, division winners uh, switching, is going to stay alive. So, Dallas wins the NFC East. Eagles win the wild card. Both of them are 12-5. and five. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to focus on the New York football Giants. Man, I am so pumped for this Giants season, man. I Let me tell you, like, truthfully, I, I couldn't tell you the last... I couldn't tell you the last time I've been this excited for a Giants season. Like, probably 2012 when we won the Super Bowl. Like, how would you not after last season? For so long, this team was just... Going nowhere. Stop consistently picking top 10. Like, mostly even top 5. So many high draft picks. So much directionless organization. And last year, we have, a, we, we, again, we have low expectations. We had a pretty poor roster of ragtag group of players. And yet we go 9, 7, and 1 with guys who probably weren't on practice team squads. And we got better. We got a lot better in the offseason, adding Darren Waller, at, who, who was at a fantastic camp. I'm so excited to see what Darren Waller does to this offense. Adding Paris Campbell, uh, adding Jalen Hyde, another guy who I'm so excited for. Daniel Jones has had the best camp of his career, which even last year he struggled during camp. Uh, and I go, Dorma, I'm scared of regression. There's a harder schedule this year. Dallas and Philly are still elite. Uh, but, like, I'm so excited about this season, man. Just so much. Uh, like, first off, you can't get, first off, if we can go two and two against Dallas and Philly, I'd be overjoyed. You have to go at least one and three. You can't go 0 and four. And don't get me wrong, like, there still are questions on this roster, you know, we have, we're going to be starting two rookie cornerbacks. Uh, we still have a question at the second middle linebacker spot next to Bobby Okurake. Offensive line, especially interior, although I, especially interior and right tackle are still a question mark. But, like, I just believe in this coaching staff so much. Uh, look, Darren Waller's going to be the number one receiver. They still have a, a lot of guys out there who, you know, could come in. They have depth at receiver, which, you know, they actually have guys who are decent, guys who are names who have done things in this in this league before. And I don't think none of them are that elite true wide receiver. But last year, you know, Kafka and Dable were consistently able to draw up schemes to get these guys open. And with a much better talent around them now, like, 
I expect them to do a lot of the same as it was last year. I truly trust this coaching staff. I think Wink Martindale has a lot of toys that he can play with now, a lot better than he did last season, especially at run defense, which was our weakest area last season. Like The defense defense could be very, very good this year, especially if guys stay healthy, especially if our rookie cornerbacks live up the expectations. I'm so just, I'm really excited to see what we can do, especially with the addition of Isaiah Simmons. Uh, like, man, I just, I love this coaching staff. Uh, look, so last year, last year, the offensive line sucked. Can't be worse than it was last year. No true number one receiver. Many practice squad guys playing. The offense found a way. And again, the defense, ragtag defenders. You know, McKinney and Adoree missed a lot of time last year. No, no true middle linebacker. And yet this defense was still able to hold its own last year. They got better at all spots. Now, like, obviously, like, Daniel Jones and Saquon, those negotiations were shaky in the offseason. Uh, DJ's deal essentially guarantees two years and see how he does for two years. I think that's very fair for him. He was very, he was pretty good last year. Again, like, he still needs, he still needs to show that he can be that top 10 QB. But I think two years is more than enough. We're getting out of it after 2024 if he doesn't live up to it. It's not the worst thing. Saquon Barkley, there was that whole drama with the, you know, he didn't, they franchised him, they didn't agree to a long-term deal, but he signs a one-year contract for under the franchise tag, and he's back, doesn't even miss a day of training camp. Now, again, I was very anti-paying Saquon, but there's no doubt he's the best player on this offense, and now we have him back. Again, the wide receiver group is better. Uh, which I really like. So many fast guys. Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyde, who are going to know how to get open. Darren Waller, who's that big body in the middle middle of the field who can make that tough catches that Daniel Jones didn't have last year. Like, I'm really, I'm just excited to see the next steps that DJ can take with Darren Waller, with this wide receiver group in the year two of this offense. Like, uh, Hyatt, like, he looks like a steal. I'm going to say that. You guys knew I was very high on Jalen Hyatt. I would have wanted him last season, last year in the draft. Uh, Man, I would have taken him in the first round. We got him in the third round. I'm so pumped about that draft pick. I absolutely love Jalen Hyatt. I think he's going to be a stud for this team, and especially later in the year, he's going to make a lot more explosive plays and be one of the most important teams on the offense. Uh, we also have Darius Slayton, who was really good last year. It's not going to have to be the you know relied upon heavy target the guy that he was last season. Isaiah Hodgins, who's a big red zone threat, who's a big body receiver, and he's going to make some of those tough catches he did last year. Danny B, Danny Bellinger, he doesn't have to be tight on one anymore. A great blocker. He's going to play in a lot of 12 formation sets, and I think he's going to get a lot of red zone targets, and much like he did last year, make a, you know, make a play sort of anytime he touches the ball. And then the last two receivers, we have Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, both coming back from injury. It's just a it's a deep wide receiver room. Like none of those guys is an elite number one receiver, but there's enough depth. Guys who know how to get open. Guys who are fast. Like if Wondell Robinson is coming back to the way he was playing last year, that's such a boost for this wide receiver room. Sterling Shepard is that veteran presence, and I love that. I really do. Now, obviously, uh, sorry if you hear that noise. I'm getting work done in my house before we move out. Uh, but look, like obviously. The second most important thing behind Daniel Jones' development is going to be key that the offensive line develops. Uh, like Andrew Thomas is great, one of the best left tackles in football. Really excited about the drafting of John Michael Smith in the second round. But guards and right tackle are concerned. They've been rotating a set between Brett Bredesen, Josh Azudu, and Mark Lewinsky at those guard positions. None of those guys have really been able to lock down a starting spot, so there's question mark there. Uh, Evan Neal, he needs to be better. I mean, he's been he's been better in camp. It, it's hard to be worse than he was last season. The hope is that he can step up, become a good right tackle. Doesn't have to be Andrew Thomas. I mean, if he could, that'd be great. But if he's better, his development is one of the biggest keys of this Giants team. Really taking the next steps because if he's good, we have two fran- we have two franchise right tackles. Uh, hopefully, we have a franchise center, and maybe we can figure out that guard situation. You know, the dream is. Bredesen takes over at right guard, while Azudu takes over at left guard, and then we have a young, cost-controlled offensive line. So, but I mean, the key to have DJ also have taking those next steps is the offensive line actually playing well and not just being as bad as it was last year. I but I, I do like the guys they have on this. There, there's excitement on this line. Uh, the defensive line now going out of the defensive line. Lenny and Dex, those guys are paid the big bucks to stuff the run, get after the passer. But they're not going to have to do it all on their own as they were last year. You know, last year when the two of them were on the field, the run defense was good. But 
they had to take some breaks. And whenever either of them were off the field, the run defense really struggled. So they added guys, Sean Robinson, Nacho Nunez, two guys who, in, in the offseason who are known for being run stoppers. But it wasn't just those guys. They drafted Jordan Riley, and uh, DJ Davidson also makes the team uh, after last season, after being injured all last season. So they have depth there, and they have some young guys who hopefully, they, the guys they drafted on day three, who can maybe worth the win of the rotation for next year. But hopefully we have a better run defense than it was last year. But the depth... The depth there is insane. There was a lot of bodies there. A lot of big bodies. Uh, keeping with the defense, edge, we need more there. We added, like, we have Hottie Ward. We, we, traded, uh, we traded for Ben Brasham, or Brandon Brasham from the Bills. Uh, two guys who are, you know, none of those guys are really that exciting impact third edge. I still think I would do think they do need another guy if Ojulari or uh, Thibodeau misses time, especially if we saw Ojulari miss a lot of time last season. Uh, either way, man, like, like I am excited because there is so much young talent on this team. Uh, linebacker, we have Bobby Okereke and Mikey McFadden as the initial starters. They surprisingly cut Darian Beavers, a guy they drafted in the fifth round last year, but he just never looked right coming back from the ACL injury. And then from there, they, they traded from Isaiah Simmons. So I don't think Isaiah Simmons is going to start right away. He has his issues, you know, there's being positionless, but guess what? He is such a versatile guy, and it seems like he's the perfect fit for the Wink Martindale off uh, defense. Seems like once he gets adjusted to the playbook, I can easily see him slotting there as the second middle linebacker. He's sort of the sort of the type of player that Wink Martindale was looking for in Tony Jefferson and Landon Collins last year. I think that's the player Isaiah Simmons is. Uh, he has his faults, but if, man, Isaiah Simmons is playing good enough where he can lock down the second middle linebacker spot. That helps this defense tremendously. That really does, and just like it seems like uh, that's my guess. I would be shocked if Isaiah Simmons is playing anywhere else, but him filling that role that they tried to have Landon Collins and Tony Jefferson do last year, Isaiah Simmons is well more fit. Is a lot more fit to fit that role traditionally as that second middle linebacker, but who can also drop back as a safety. Uh, I'm so excited to see what he brings to this defense. He's the perfect fit for Wink Martindale, as, as you know, especially Martindale kind of likes those positionless guys in the secondary. Xavier McKinney is our is the main safety. He missed time last year. He's in a contract year. I'm, she's hopefully he's one of those guys. Contract year steps up his game, plays in an elite level, and proves himself in his elite safety. You know, and we have some depth in that safety room. Jason Pinnock and Dame Bowen, who are battling for the other safety spot. Both those guys, you know, they stepped in. They did a good job when McKinney missed time last season. Curious to see, uh, you know, Bowen, he has a nose for finding the football. Had some fumble recoveries, had some picks last year. And Pinnock, man, he's at a strong camp. You know, the secondary is very underrated. A lot of young guys. Obviously, we have the two rookie cornerbacks starting. Adore in the slot. That definitely does worry me. I mean, Adore was so good last year, and you have to be worried with two rookie cornerbacks. But like, man, Trey Hawkins. If the hype around this guy is real, he could be an absolute stud and a steal for this team. He has all the pieces. Uh, he's he has great size. He has great ability. He's been looked. He he moved up to first team reps very fast in camp. Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks. He's only gotten better as camp has went along. So the Giants, I keep they're really trusting their cornerbacks. That would be it would have been nice if Flott or. Darnay Hills were able to separate themselves to become that uh, slot corner. Unfortunately, neither of them did. Uh, like overall, man, just like I'm super excited about this team. We've we actually come out of camp relatively healthy, which is feels like it's not been a thing for the Giants in forever. DJ and the Giants offense. It feels like every year we're watching the preseason and we see how bad this offense is. Even though they've really done what like, the offense actually looked good this preseason. The offense has looked good in camp, which has been so different from the number of years. Now, obviously, there's you know, I, there's cautious op. There isn't for cautious optimism. Uh, you know, DJ still has to prove he definitely is a hundred percent the guy. He, he, it's time for him to earn the money that he got paid this off season. The offensive line has to become better than it was last year. Uh, you know, we have to. Our young secondary has to prove it. We need to see if we can maybe develop a third edge rusher. But again, I believe in Dable, I believe in Kafka, I believe in Wink Martindale, and I be- I just believe in the coaching staff. I believe in a lot of the guys in this locker room, and I think the Giants are going to be 10-7, and getting a wild card spot, and making the playoffs in the NFC. Now again, maybe some of that is bias. Could definitely be some bias there because I'm a Giants fan, and I just refuse to pick uh, against my team. But again, wh- what did I mention with the Giants? Uh, I think I mentioned something along the lines of, 
uh, about them. I think I mentioned them with the Giants along the lines of, uh, you know, it could be three teams missing the playoffs. I had the Vikings. I had the Buccaneers missing the playoffs. That third team could be the Giants, but I'm not going against them. I love my team way too much. Uh, anyways, so now we are going to move on and just recap everything quickly. So we have NFC East. We have the Cowboys. We have the Cowboys and Eagles both going 12-5 and five with the Cowboys winning it. The NFC East streak continues of, uh, no, of uh, you know, Back-to-back teams in the playoffs, or back-to-back winners. Giants getting going ten and seven, getting that third wild card spot. Commanders going six and eleven, despite some promise. Then I have the Packers winning the NFC North at ten and seven. You know, just behind them, the Detroit Lions also at ten and seven, getting one of those NFC wild card spots. The Vikings getting third place at nine and eight, just missing out on the postseason. The Bears going seven and ten, showing some growth, but not being quite there just yet. Uh, and NFC South, I have the Panthers winning it. Surprising people, Bryce Young steps up, becomes an elite quarterback uh, in his first year, and excites a lot of people. I have the Saints being sort of a letdown, going to seven and ten, despite expectations for them to win the division this year. <coughs> I have the Falcons also, you know, falling short of some preseason expectations for them, going five and twelve, and getting third place in the NFC South. And last place, I have the Buccaneers going 4-13 and and looking like they're tanking for a top pick. NFC West, I have the 49ers going 11-6. and Again, some question there about quarterback, but I just think they're loaded at every single position. Uh, Seattle, I have them going 10-7, and and as much as I hate to say it, have Seattle missing the postseason, even though I, I really hate picking them to miss the playoffs, but I do think that, I just do think that, they're gonna. They're, they're that third team that's gonna miss out, and while the Giants and Cowboys retain their spots as wild card teams, I have them losing to the Giants and the Lions. Look at their schedule. Rams going five and twelve in their first year of rebuild, and the Cardinals going two and fifteen. Honestly, just like that might be facing too many wins for them. So N- NFC playoff teams to recap. I have NFC East Cowboys winning it again. The NFC East doesn't have a repeat winner. Eagles and Giants both getting in as wild cards. I have the Packers being the surprise team, win the NFC North, while the Detroit Lions get in as that second wild card spot. I have the Panthers surprising a lot of people, winning the NFC South, and the Niners winning the NFC West. And I'm also picking the Niners to win the Super Bowl. Now, even though I have some question marks about Purdy, I just love the talent around him. I think they have just the best skill positions. They have Trent Williams, who is one of the, if not the best offensive linemen in football. They go with a strong offensive line. They have such an elite defense. They have Nick Bosa, one of the best defenders in football. The NFC is wide open. And I'm not picking the Eagles. I'm not picking the Cowboys to win it. The Niners, they're loaded. And Brock Purdy is going to just have... Brock Bridge is going to have some crazy start from Mr. Irrelevant to starting in a Super Bowl. From there, though, I'm picking the Chiefs to win their third ring uh, in the last five years, beating the Niners for the second time in five years, and starting a little Chiefs dynasty. Uh, yeah, so that is it. We are going. We have the Chiefs over the Niners in the Super Bowl, picking the same thing that it was a couple seasons ago. Uh, and quickly, let's just recap... Oh, quickly, I'm going to go through awards, and then we're going to end the show. Comeback Player of the Year, that's going to be DeMar Hamlin. That's obvious. Uh, actually, hold on. Actually, let me sorry. I wanted to quickly record so I can do my awards. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have Comeback Player of the Year. That's going to be DeMar Hamlin. I think we all know that. Just It's free. It's going to be him. Coach of the Year, I have it being Matt LaFleur. Again, Packers win the NFC North, surprising a lot of people with the youngest roster in football. Not high expectations for Jordan Love. If they win the NFC North, there's a good chance Matt LaFleur wins that Coach of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, I have it being Bryce Young. Again, I think the Panthers win the NFC South. I think he has a great year. Has one of the better has one of the better rookie QB seasons we've seen in a while. And Young is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Doubling up with Bama because I think Will Anderson is a freak. He's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to get double-digit sacks. And that Texans defense is going to be better than people think. And Will Anderson is going to be a piece that the Texans are very excited about. A guy where they can build around. Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt. He's one of the most impactful defenders in football. If he's healthy, as he was, if he was healthy for 16, 17 games last season, he might have won it last year. And I expect him to help that Steelers defense carry this team to the playoffs. Offensive Player of the Year, I got Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to do everything for this Niners offense and do a ton. He's back. He's healthy. A full year in Kyle Shanahan's system. An MVP. I wanted to put Trevor Lawrence, but I just couldn't pick anyone but Pat Mahomes. <coughs> Mahomes is just too good, man. Like, 
I try to justify anyone but the Chiefs. I try to justify anyone but Mahomes MVP. But it's Mahomes. He's too freaking good, dude. I was thinking about putting Trevor Lawrence. I really was. But in the end, it's Mahomes. But uh, that's it, everybody. So, you know, that, that was a couple long episodes doing AFC, then NFC back-to-back. But again, I want to thank everybody who supported the podcast thus far. We have football on Sunday, everybody. Football is finally back. It's the best time of the year. Enjoy college football Saturday week two. We have some good games there. Enjoy week one. Let's go Giants. And I can't wait, baby. Football is back.